everybody. Hope you're doing well. You know, I said this in the first service about asking, I don't, I'm not asking people to sit down, but like, wouldn't it be weird if we had a minute to mingle and like we didn't have people standing up? Like, if it was everybody's just like, all right, we're a welcoming church, and we're like, all right, minute to mingle, and everybody just sat there silently. Like, you know how awkward that would be? Anyway, sorry, I don't know why I just said this. But it's so good for all of you to be here. I'm excited to preach today. My name is Blaine, I'm the youth pastor here. Um, I like to always give an update about how the youth group is going. I will do that in a second. But I can tell you this, thank you so much for your prayers. Thank you so much for being alongside us and just, yeah, just helping us out. It means a ton. It means a ton. And um, <clears throat> also, thank you for your prayers. Some of you might know this. Uh, the devil tried to kill me last week. I got in a car wreck. Um, but I'm good. I'm here. Yeah. I'm alive. Do you know? You know, thank you. And so, uh, but we are good. I'm excited to preach today. I believe that God has given me a word to speak to you today. Um, and as always, before I preach, I know he's not here, but I always want to honor Pastor Shane and Mary. Um, they are awesome. They are great. Um, I love them so much and I'm blessed by them so much. And I just pray they have a great day today with their families. And let's, yeah, I mean, it's just so grateful to have them as our pastors. And so it's really, really cool. So, but again, I'm excited to preach today. Um, before I get into it, could you please stand with me? I'm going to read out of what I'll be preaching from today. So everybody, please stand with me. And if you're new here, you're probably like, why do we stand so much? But all right, so today, today we're going to be in Numbers 13, 25 through 33. Um, just to set you up, just to set you up. So the Israelites, the Israelites are standing now at the edge of the promised land. That they sent some, they sent some spies into land to scout it out to see what the promised land is all about. And now they come back and here is their report. So Numbers 13, 25 to 33 says this. At the end of 40 days, they returned from spying out the land. And they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them, and so all the congregation showed them the fruits of the land. And they told that him, we came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Awesome stuff. However, the people who, who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of Negev, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, the dwell in the hill country, and the Canaanites, and the Cellulites dwell by the sea along the Jordan. Let's keep going. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and occupy it, for we will be able to overcome it. Don't you need Caleb in your life? Let's do this. Then the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. Let's keep going. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out, saying, The land through, through which we have gone to spy out is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people that we saw in it are of great height. So it devours the inhabitants, but it has great fruit and honey and, and milk, like... Isn't adding up here. All right. And there, was, and there we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak who, who come from the Nephilim. And we seemed ourselves like grasshoppers. And so we seemed to them. And so we seemed to them. 
So let me pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much today. Thank you so much for this moment. Thank you so much that you are here, Father. And I pray as I preach, as I speak, God, that you would be the one that ultimately takes over, that I am simply a servant, Father, today, and that you would speak through, that you would get through, God, and that you would meet us all face to face in this moment. And no matter what we are carrying, no matter what's going on, that ultimately we would see you, Father. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. You guys can be seated. Thank you. Thank you for staying with me. It just makes me feel like I'm not alone in this thing. So, um, so over, so this past week we did an annual report. We did an annual report, and I started thinking about all that God has done in our youth ministry. So what an annual report is, is we look over the past year of what God has done. What God has done, we give you guys a report of what God has done. And so I, and so I started thinking about, and I got really grateful for, and I, and and I, I was excited for about what God had done, that what God had done. Like we, we baptized 11 students last year. We baptized 11 students last year. That's awesome. That's awesome. Praise God. And so we got, we got some pictures. We got some pictures. So I wish, I wish I could tell you all the stories and stuff of each of these students. Um, again, I can't like give you all their information, but all of them coming from different backgrounds, from different homes, good homes, bad homes, different cultures, all, and all of them came and met the same Jesus in our youth ministry last year, and I'm so grateful and honored, and it is amazing and awesome that God, there's my man Jamar, look at him, he's awesome. And so like, and Brie, awesome stuff, all the, and they came and they met Jesus and they decided that I want to live for him. And so also, here is last week. And so, I don't mean to, like, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not showing this to brag or nothing, but, like, God is doing something awesome and great in our youth ministry. And, like, and I don't want to bring numbers up, but, like, we had, like, 60-something students there. And, like, that's stuff we prayed for, you know? Like, it's awesome stuff, awesome stuff. Awesome stuff and I praise God for, and I'm thankful for what God is doing in our youth ministry. I mean, we prayed for this stuff. We prayed that, that people, the different backgrounds, and students all would come together and meet Jesus, and there would be so many different things. And so all of you might be looking at this picture and like, wow, praise God for what he's doing in our youth ministry. Um, and I do that too. I don't want, you, I don't want to, like, like, the next thing I'm about to say, I don't want to make it sound like I'm ungrateful. But, like, when I look at this, I see a lot of problems, too. <laughs> like, um, like and, and, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, like junior high girl drama. Um, like, like, but, and, and, and I, I really want to say this carefully, but, like, you know, like, I also think about each of their stories. And I think about some of the problems that they maybe face and, um, and I, I will always say this, I am so grateful for what God is doing. I, and, and, I, and I don't want anybody to come up to me and be like, oh my gosh, are you burnt out? No, I'm not. I'm really pumped up about what God is doing. I'm really excited about what God is doing. And I'm humbled by what God is doing. I'm doing okay. I'm doing great. But if I'm being completely honest with you guys, this has been the toughest, hardest year of youth ministry I have ever personally had. And... And again, and again, I, I, I'm good. I am good. You know, like we don't need to have like a counseling session after church or anything. Like, like I'm good. Um, 
But, and I thank you for your prayers so much. But the reason, I'm not burnt out, I'm not, I'm not losing it, none of that. But the reason it has been the hardest year of youth ministry is because of the problems we had to face. Now, when these kids come on a Sunday night, they start to tell us our stories. And I don't know if it's like the year or what, but <clears throat> stories of their home life and just what's going on there. And stories of maybe them cutting themselves or stories that have, of things that has been done to them and trauma. And, and, and that's, that's the thing that has made it the hardest, the hardest year of youth ministry is, is the problems that we've had to hear about. The problems that we had to hear about, and it's been hard, and it's been rough, because at the beginning of the year, I felt like God promised for our youth ministry revival. Revival, now all of us might have a picture of revival, but I just wanted our students to meet Jesus face-to-face, -to, -face, to have a real encounter with Jesus, to have a real encounter with Jesus and do something great in their lives. And I think that the one thing about it that I did not prepare for was to have revival, to have these students be healed and whole and to meet Jesus, we got to hear about their problems. That we got to hear the ugly side, that we got to get in the dirt and the muck and hear about what's going on at their homes, to hear about the self-harm that they might be going through and all of those different things that they might be facing, that we got to hear about that stuff so that they can meet Jesus, so that they can find the healing and wholeness that Jesus provides. We got to hear about the problems. And I don't know if my expectations were wrong, but when I felt like God promised me to have this, this awesome, to have this awesome encounter with God and to have um, revival in our youth ministry, I did not see the problems that were going to come. I did not foresee all of the stories that were going to come in our youth ministry. I did not see the problems that were going to happen. And personally, I was a little upset about it. But I think recently what God has been showing me is that, that, that problems do not mean that God has left me. No, it just means that God is just getting started. Because like what I said, for these students to find the healing and wholeness that Jesus can give to them, they got to bring that stuff into the light. And so for us, to, to maybe revival looks like filling in this need of their problem. And so I need to reorient what revival maybe means, or I actually honestly prayed for these problems to come about, and I did not know it. Because some of us in this room might be in the same boat. Some of us might have prayed for the theme this year, Firm Foundation, and you might start to feel a little shaky. Because God is bringing up your foundation of faith and you're, and you're laying awake at night like, man, can I really believe in God? Can I really believe in Jesus? And God is giving you a firm foundation. It's the problem we prayed for. Maybe you, maybe you prayed, God, I want to feel your peace. I want to be filled with the peace of Jesus. And all of a sudden you're struck with anxiety and you start to realize the things that you have relied on or the control that you have over your life. And Jesus is trying to show you his peace. Maybe you prayed for patience, and God gave you a teenager. So, um, or, or, God gave you a, or God gave you a situation that you need to be patient with. I guess, and, and maybe also you, you pray for strength. God, I, I need strength in this moment. And then you start to feel how weak you are. I guess what I'm trying to say is, is that, 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 that again, that the problem does not mean God has left you. It maybe means that God is just getting started in your life. That maybe the start of revival and what we prayed for in our youth ministry was actually our students coming to us and saying, look, this is what's going on in my life and I need Jesus to show up. 
And, it, and it's the same thing with the Israelites with what we just prayed is that God promised them. I feel like God has promised us revival for our students so that they can meet Jesus. And, and the same thing that he's doing for you, God has promised you a firm foundation. God has promised you peace. God has promised you patience. But we got to get through some of these problems. And so the same thing happens with the Israelites. That God promises, God promises them a home. God promises them that... Yes, God promises them a home, a place for them to stay. Yes, a, a, a home. Sorry, I, I got it. And, and then when they are now captured in slavery, they have a prayer, God, would you take us out of it so that we can get home, so that we can go to the place that you have called us to be. And they were not expecting the problem. They were not expecting the problem of giants. They were not expecting the problem of fortified cities. But it seemed like the biggest problem that they actually had was that Egypt was still in their hearts. That slavery was still in their hearts. That there was something within them that told them that they were not good enough or they could not go into the promised land. That, that, that there are so many verses that it says that Egypt was still in the Israelites' hearts, holding them back from the promise of God. And now they are standing on the edge of what God wants to give them. And it seems like they see problems are bigger than the promise of God. And I feel like that's maybe what I felt like recently, is that the problems that we were facing as a youth ministry were way bigger than the promises that God, the, the promise that God was giving to us. That we saw the walls and the barriers of fortified cities, just like the Israelites talked about, that we maybe had to get through. And maybe we saw the giants of the, what these kids were facing in their lives. And, and it, was, it was intimidating, and these problems seemed like they were bigger than the promise. And this slave mindset, this slave mindset that I believe that sometimes I have too, telling me I'm not good enough, that I can't get through it, that we cannot go and do what God has called us to do because I am not good enough, was holding me back. But the amazing thing is about the fortified cities, and the amazing thing is about these giants, and I do do research before I do preach, in case anybody was worrying, but while I was reading my, the commentaries, it said this, is that when archaeologists, I can't say it, when archaeologists, no, that's not it, sorry, the people that dig up stuff, you guys know what I'm talking about, so, I, I tried to say it in the first service, could not do it, so, um, so they, they dug it up. They see what the history was about. And when the Israelites were on the edge of the promise, there were no fortified cities. And the amazing thing is, too, about these giants that they would have seen, they were there, these, this group of people, this, this like heritage of people. They talked about the Nephilim, the sons of Anak. That was a group of people that were there before the flood. And I don't want to do simple math for you guys, but if they were there before the flood, they ain't going to be there after. And so they were creating these problems. They were creating these things. They were making things bigger than they, what they seemed. They were facing fortified cities that weren't even there that they were creating in their head. They were making giants bigger that were actually dead. They were facing dead giants. And it was almost like, we found them. We found them. And I think I and all of us maybe have laid awake at night thinking about all those walls and those barriers and those fortified cities that maybe our mind has made up and those giants that we maybe need to face that we thought our problems were bigger than the promise that God, that the bigger than the problem, sorry, the problem was bigger than what the promise of God was. 
And I pray and I hope and I know that maybe there is something in your head, that maybe there is something within you, maybe there is something that is in you today that is like Caleb in your heart and your mind and in your soul. And I pray today that I am Caleb for you, that I will, t- that I will stand up in the midst of the fortified cities, in the midst of dead giants to tell you that we can do it. That even though you might feel shaky right now, even though you feel like you have no patience anymore, even if you feel like you are weak, we can do it. The problems are not bigger than our God, that we can do this. God is on our side. He is fighting for us and no dead giant is going to overtake us. The promise is bigger than the problems and Jesus is with us now. And I pray that I am Caleb for you today. I don't know if anybody in this room is named Caleb. No idea. But I, I, it's not a bad thing. But so Caleb in Hebrew actually means dog, the dog. So Caleb, the dog, the, the dog of Judah was not affected by slavery. His mind, his heart, his soul, his courage was not affected by that he was a slave. That, 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 that there was something within Caleb that, that when he saw that God made a way through the Dead Sea, that he stood up and realized there was no giant that could overcome the promise of God. And I know that there is something within you, that there is something within you today that maybe that be that dog in you. Anybody get that? Kind of a current reference. It's kind of like what kids say nowadays. But that there's a dog in you that's telling you that you can do it. That's telling you that God can get you through it. That God has given you a purpose and God has given you a gift and you can get over this giant. You can get over this dead giant and we can do what God has called you to do. Maybe you've been praying for salvation for your family. Maybe you're praying for peace. And I am here to tell you today that God wants to do it in your life. And so today we go from the dog of Judah, Caleb, telling us that we can do it, to the lion of Judah. That is Jesus. Because Jesus saw the problem of sin that was in this world. He saw the darkness. He saw the hurt. He saw the pain. The dog of Judah to the lion of Judah that was filled with courage to stare down the problem of sin and death. And to see the problem of sin and death and gave us the promise of salvation. That the barriers and the walls of sin and death that he created between us and humanity, the giant of sin and death is now dead because of what Jesus has done on the cross in the, in the a flood, do you get it? Of mercy and grace now has overcome and killed the giant of sin and death. And that is what Jesus has done for us today. The Lion of Judah is fighting for you and for I, and he is telling us, surely we can do it. Surely we can do it. And so whatever you face, whatever you face is just a dead giant. Whatever you face is just a dead giant because of what Jesus has done for us. And I believe what Jesus is saying to us today in Luke 24, 39, it says this in the New King James Version. I don't think I've ever done a verse out of this, but it's still underneath you, so it's still relevant. Our Bibles are all New King James Version. Anyway, so... Anyway, so Luke 24, 39 says this. Behold my hands and my feet, that is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. I love this. Jesus is pointing to his hands and to his feet, and he's saying, handle me and see. Put your hands in my hands again and see what I did on the cross. Put your hands in my side again. Handle the cross again. Look at the cross again and stop looking at your problems. 
understand what I have for you, that there are opportunities that I want to give you out of my hands, that there are places that I want to go and give you with my feet, that we want to get a handle on what Jesus has done on the cross again, to look at the cross and stop looking at those dead giants that maybe be plaguing you right now. There's this old preaching story that I love. There's this old preaching story that I love that you might have heard at some point. But it says this. <clears throat> so there was a young boy. He's covered in dirt and grime. And he walks into a store. He walks up to a barrel of candy. It's filled with candy. Filled with candy. And he doesn't have any money. And so he's just staring at it. He's just staring at it. And... Yeah, he's just staring at it, and the manager of the store kind of like realizes this. The manager of the store walks up to him and says this. He's like, oh, it's okay. Just take it. Just, just take it. You're good. Just, you're good. You're good. You don't have to do anything. Just take it. Go. And the little boy just looks at him and stares at him. And he's like, oh, maybe you didn't hear, hear me. And he's like, no, you don't have to pay for it. You're good. Don't, you don't have to pay for it. Just take it. Go. And like the manager after a while was like, oh, my gosh, what is, what is going on? And so he just, he just takes a handful and he just gives it to him. And the little boy is fumbling with it. It's coming out of his pockets because his hands aren't as big. And the little boy just starts walking out. And the manager's like, what? And he's like, hey, what? Did you not hear me? And the little, and the little boy turns around and says, your hands are bigger than my hands, mister. You see, this is that God and us, that maybe I've been trying to control my life. I've been trying to handle these dead giants. I've been trying to control these problems that are going on in my life. But I understand that God's hands are bigger than mine, that I've been trying to scoop my hands into the mercy and grace of God. But I need him to do it. I know he fights for me and his hands are bigger than my hands. And so those problems that I'm facing, those dead giants that I'm facing, he is fighting for me. They are dead and so are yours. And so today when I face the giant of maybe a girl cutting herself, I know that that giant is dead and Jesus is for her and he gives her value and calls her beautiful. And when I face, when maybe when I see a giant in our students that maybe their dad or their mom has left them and they feel abandonment, I can let them know that they have a father who loves them and who would never leave them, that he is for them. And, and so I know that these are just dead giants that we are facing. These problems that we are facing now are just temporary. And maybe you, too, are facing some dead giants today. Maybe you're facing some problems today that you just come up against something. And so I encourage you, I implore you to look to the cross again and to realize that the Lion of Judah is fighting for us. And maybe that I can be Caleb today and tell you for surely you can do it. We can do it. God is with us. He is fighting for us. The Lion of Judah is with us. And us as a church and us as a people and us as families can maybe make an impact, an, an awesome impact in this generation to do something great for God because the Lion of Judah is with us. And I want you to know again that the problems do not mean that God has left you. It just means that God is just getting started. That maybe you're facing something, maybe you're up against something that I encourage you today just to keep going. To keep going. Do not quit. Do not give up. Go after all that God has called you to go after. Yeah. So I hope you are encouraged. I hope you walk out of here and realize that the problems we pray for is what God wanted to give us all along to, for us to, for our youth ministry to get to revival. We had to hear those stories of those students. So let me pray for you.
Dear Jesus, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you so much for our lives, God. And God, I pray no matter what problem we face, no matter what thing we are going up against, no matter what thing we are facing in this moment, God, I know that you are with us. And that the Lion of Judah is fighting for us, God, and they are just dead giants. That you have come to, you have come to this earth, you have died on the cross, and may we look to the cross today and understand what you have done for us. Thank you so much, Father, that you are here in this room, God. I, pr I pray, I pray no matter what problems we are facing, God, that we would understand, that we would understand that you are with us. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen.